Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad to have you guys here. My name is Kayvon, the Global Compassion Pastor here at Westgate Church. Uh, Privileged to be able to work with some amazing missionaries, both locally and globally, uh, that all of you help us support. So many projects, so many people, so many lives that are being impacted uh, by your giving every year. Uh, So Compassion Immersion, if you missed us last week, which was week one, Finney got a chance to share here, uh, is a time where we kind of take a little break from our sermon series, kind of jump into a new series where we get a chance to highlight uh, some of the things that you may have seen in the calendar. If you guys have grabbed this calendar, uh, please go through the different months and the missionaries that we support. Uh, we get a chance to highlight what you guys gave to us through the loud offering, through giving good, through your offering to be able to bless the world in incredible ways and do tangible uh, acts of love and kindness and being the hands and feet of Jesus in, in a dark world. So these three weeks, we get a chance to slow down, share some images, share some of our missionaries through both video and live on stage as well. So every week, we have a new set of missionaries at both of our campuses, uh, all three really with Casa de Fe as well. And so all of you guys get a chance to see us, whether it's live here in person, by video, or in the theater, uh, or online. We're so privileged to be able to share what God has done this past year uh, with all of you. Now, what we share is really like a drop in the bucket compared to what we've done. So that's why I want you guys to go through the calendar, click on the QR codes, and get a chance to see how much we've been able to do through your giving. Now, one thing I want to make sure you guys are aware of, we do not want to brag about ourselves. Uh, We don't even want to brag about you guys. And what you guys have done, what we want to do is highlight and say, yay, God, thank you, God. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be your hands and feet. Thank you for what you've given to us to be able to give back as well. There's a beautiful verse in Matthew 5, 16, and this is the reason why we do this. It says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that what? They may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to shine the spotlight on God and what he's done and what he's doing and will continue to do to impact our amazing world. Because we believe this. Love is a powerful, powerful apologetic to an unbelieving and skeptical world. We live in an area, especially here in the Bay Area, that has rejected God in numerous ways. Doesn't believe that there may even is a God may not even believe that there's a good God when they see the tragedies around the world. They may doubt that there's a God, but when they see the hands and feet and the actions of God through all of you, through our missionaries, it's hard to deny love. It's hard to reject those who are sharing and showing love over and over again. So it's a powerful project. It's a powerful way of showing that to our world. Now, what you may also not know is that we have three different uh, budgets that uh, elders graciously give us to be able to do so much giving outside of our walls, the 1.9 million you'll see in the calendar. 100% of a fund that we call loud, living out on selfish devotion, is given outside of our walls. 100%. Every single penny is used for the community, for the world. I'm going to share in just a little bit one of the gifts we gave out this week specifically. 10% of your general giving is also given outside of our walls. The elders don't stop with that fund that you guys give special gifts to, but they say, you know what? Of what you give every week, 10% we're going to give outside of our walls to bless church planters and buildings and hospitals and orphanages and medicine and you name it across the world, evangelistic work. And lastly, what you guys gave to this fall was Giving Good. Some of you guys gave to the Giving Good campaign, and the elders dedicated over $400,000 of that towards water. So that's going to be used only for water projects uh, around the world in places. And you saw the videos. Those communities that you saw them have water, in most of those, if not all of them, that you saw in that video, that's the first bit of clean water they've ever seen come out of their ground. 
They drink water out of dirty, dirty rivers and, and streams and places and lakes, stagnant lakes and ponds, or shallow hand-dug wells where animals also drink out of and die in. And could you imagine the diseases that they get from the water that they have to drink on a daily basis? Could you imagine how much freedom that gives them when they're able to get fresh water from the ground in their own communities? Incredible, incredible stuff has been going on just through the water projects as well. But we wanted you to know why we're able to give so much. It's because we have these three different funds that elders bless us to be able to use, the Go Board and myself, to utilize for the world. Also, we'd be remiss to not slow down and talk about the tragedies in Turkey and Lebanon and Syria this week. What you guys don't realize is because you guys give to loud, we don't have to come to do special offerings every time there's a tragedy. We release funds as soon as we're able to identify the partners and the people that are going to get the food, the resources, uh, the life-saving sustenance to be able to get to people's lives, give them shelter. These are images from our missionaries and some of the ones that you may have seen online as well. Uh, we have three partners in Turkey. We actually have five, but three of them were immediately working within 24 hours of the earthquake in Turkey. 7.8, it lasted two minutes. Two minutes. The Loma Prieta one that we had here was like less than 20 seconds at 7.1, 7.2. Could you imagine what it was like to experience that? One of our missionaries emailed me the next morning out of Lebanon. He says, Kayvon, we are safe. And he serves in a very dangerous area. I mean, he's serving in areas that there's terrorists. He goes, I've never been so scared as I was last night. The earthquake scared him more than the terrorists. That's how crazy it is, right? He says it was two minutes of nonstop shaking. We were on the fifth floor of our apartment, and we thought the whole building was going to collapse. He says, luckily, our building and our neighbors, none of them collapsed. We, uh, thankfully, they were built better. Uh, but as you guys know, it's getting close to 30,000 lives that have been taken so far. And they still haven't excavated most of the buildings. So you can see the numbers that are going to increase. But because of your giving to Loud, the elders and the Go Board decided to give $21,000 this week that was already being used from the second day on. Uh, we let our missionaries know the money's coming and the money's been released. So we gave $7,000 to three organizations. They're buying food, water, blankets, tarps, you name it, taking care of the needs of, of the most hurting right now. We've not forgotten about those in harm's way. Because you guys gave, we can do incredible things around the world in a really quick time. Let's pray for Turkey. God, we lift up. Uh, can only imagine being a mom or a dad and not having their children around them right now because they lost them in the, in the rubble. Can only imagine the suffering of a spouse looking for another spouse. Can only imagine looking for grandparents and grandchildren. Can only imagine entire families being lost in a matter of seconds. God, our heart breaks for what's going on in Turkey, in Lebanon, Syria. Be with the workers. Be with these governments. God, be with your believers. Be with your missionaries. May they shine light in the midst of darkness. May they give hope where there's hopelessness. May they show love where there's bitterness and chaos. You're a good God. Thank you for using our partners to shine light, especially this week in Turkey and Syria. We love you and praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue to pray. It's not over. We'll see a lot more in the news in months and weeks and months to come. Uh, but uh, there's a chance I might be actually going as well. I was invited to go out there and speak to a group, uh, actually before the earthquake happened, to go to Turkey. And so contemplating going out there and being able to share God's love personally with some of the folks in Turkey and the Middle East and several countries. So thank you for giving because you've already supported. Many of you guys contacted us and said, how do we give? We just say, give to loud. When you give it to there, we're able to use it like the way we did. Well, kind of jumping into the sermon, I want to kind of share with you a question somebody asked me recently. They said, 
Kayvon, what's your five, top five favorite movies? I'm sure you guys have been asked that, right? It's one of the questions on Facebook. You can ask what are your favorite movies and all that kind of stuff. And I rattled off the first four, which are always the first four. Uh, Ben-Hur, Gladiator, Les Miserables, and Shawshank Redemption, right? Anybody like those movies? Raise your hand. Anybody's top? In the, okay. So you guys have seen it. If you've not seen those four movies, it'll change your life. I guarantee you. Watch those four. What I didn't realize is that there's actually a, a really powerful central theme in all four of those. And I put them together and I kind of visualized why I've chosen those films. The protagonists in all four of those films were unjustly imprisoned. They were unjustly imprisoned for crimes they didn't do or punished for a small crime that was given a, a monumental punishment. The cool part is all of them in some way, shape, or form find freedom, whether it's spiritual or physical. And not only do they find freedom, all four of them help others to live. They use their freedom as a way and a tool to help shape other people's lives. It's very powerful to see these prisoners unjustly put in prison, which we see in the news all the time happen. And yet when they come out, yes, they carried some bitterness and anger, but you know what? They also helped others. And we see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, some verses that talk about this. It says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use this freedom of yours to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law can be fulfilled in keeping one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that. We were called to be free. That means we were what? We were all prisoners at one point. We know that. We were prisoners to sin, prisoners to uh, evil, prisoners to our own choices and those choices against us. But it says, now that you're free, do you realize that you're not free for yourself? You're free to love others in the same way those protagonists do in those four movies. Galatians 6, 8 through 10 continues and says these words. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please from the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, do what? Do good to all people, not just believers. Do good to all people, whether it's Muslims or Hindus or atheists or Buddhists or uh, Christians. It doesn't matter. All people God loves. Every human being God loves. Do good to them, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Don't neglect your own family. Don't neglect the body of Christ, but make sure you love all. So from these two verses, we see what I saw in those movies as well. We are freed by God to serve. We're free to serve, not free to indulge in the flesh and do what we want to. Yes, we could waste our time on ourselves, but it says you're free to show God's love tangibly to other people. And secondly, we're given seeds by God to sow. All of you guys have some good seeds. All of you guys have the opportunity to plant those seeds where you want. And God says sow them in good places, sow them in fruitful places, sow them in places where there's destruction so life can happen. Sow them in Turkey, sow them in Syria, sow them in Iran. So many South America, so many places of chaos right now in our world as we speak. So good seeds of love, and we're so thankful for missionaries who live in those areas. Yes, we could have taken a team to go serve, but how long would it have taken to mobilize a team from Westgate to go serve in Turkey? How much faster is it to be able to give our funds so they can buy the food and the water immediately? Within 24 hours, our missionaries were there. Our partners were there serving. So powerful, so cool. It happened in Haiti, it's happened in Japan, it's happened in so many parts of the world that have had immense destruction. 
because of that. And your people who are serving. So this past year, what have you guys done? You guys have helped us to plant seeds of faith, hope, and love around the world, over 30 countries, impacting hundreds of thousands of lives. Not hundreds of lives, hundreds of thousands of lives. Don't believe me? Go through the calendar and you'll see. Uh, We're not just bragging and boasting about fake numbers. We're talking about the realities just through water alone. I was talking to Jeff, one of our missionaries here with Living Water, representing them. He's like, Kevin, you guys have done over 300 and almost 50 wells, uh, 450 wells just with living water. Over 248,000 lives impacted. How cool is that? Half, quarter million just with one organization, lives that are given fresh water every single day. You see, we're not just a local church, but we believe that God wants our church to be a kingdom-minded church. That we're not just Westgate here, but we're Westgate through all of our missionaries and through all the partners that we have that enable us to be God's voice and God's hand and feet in some of the darkest areas. Let's just focus on a few areas. There's so many areas from our calendar that I could focus on. As I mentioned water earlier, just this past year, 1.9 million was given outside of our walls to kingdom projects. Of that, for wells, we built 75 wells last year, 75 water wells in, in communities that didn't have water, access to fresh water or close water in their communities. That's just 66,000 lives that not only got a chance to hear the gospel, but now and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that will have fresh water. How cool is that? They don't have to go long distances. They don't have to pay exorbitant amounts of, of money to get water in their communities. They have it now in their own villages. How great is that? Now listen cumulatively what we were able to do. When you add it up, over 13 years, we began championing water projects around the world. 13 years, we've been able to bless and do well over 400 wells. We're actually approaching 500 now uh, in 25 different countries. Three and a half million dollars has been given towards water projects alone, just water alone. Tens of thousands of lives. We're talking upwards past a quarter million lives that have fresh water on a daily basis. Here's a kind of a cool fact. Just through your recycling, you guys bring your cans and your bottles to us. You guys know that. We have this recycling robust program we started almost a decade ago. Just through your trash that you would give to the city to dump in some place or, or recycle and then waste our money someplace. Sorry, they probably do. Just through our recycling efforts that started 10 years ago, 80 wells have been dug. That's huge. That's huge. 80 communities have water because you brought your cans and your bottles. Just think about that. When we work together as a church, what we can do when we listen to God and obey. Also, this past year, we've had one of the greatest mass uh, refugee movements in human history happen. Millions from the Ukraine. Millions of lives scattered and still scattered. The war is still going on. I know our news doesn't cover as much. It's just as bad now as it was in the first days. The attacks are still as intense. Pray for Ukraine and the evil being purported on them. Afghanistan, and I'll share about this in just a little bit as well. Hundreds of thousands of lives scattered throughout neighboring nations, over 80,000 that came to the U.S. These lives that were impacted, because of your giving, we were able to give $200,000 just last year towards refugee efforts in the Ukraine and here in the Bay Area, because they're here now too. How do we take care of them? We were able to give us the funds to be able to do some beautiful projects. In this next picture, you'll see some of the images of both the Afghan and the Ukrainian refugees we were able to support. 
One of the most amazing pictures is I never thought Westgate would ever invest in bulletproof vests, but you see in that bottom right-hand corner, that's just a few of the bulletproof vests you guys helped us to purchase for Ukraine. I have videos of people in vans being, uh, being at, uh, rescued from certain villages with these on, and you hear the, the van going and you hear the bullets hitting the van. You guys gave money to save families in the Ukraine to get out of war zones. Bulletproof vests, who would have thought the missions funding would have to go through bulletproof vests? But we live in such a world that there's such evil that we have to do these things. But how beautiful is that also that our missionaries thought ahead and said, hey, Vaughn, we need bulletproof vests. And I'm like, really, how many? They're like, as many as you guys can buy. And we did, and you did through your giving. How amazing is that the lives were saved that way? We also went through a couple years of horrible COVID disasters around the world. We may have suffered a little, but the world suffered a lot more when it came to COVID. We gave four rounds of relief, of COVID relief to our missionaries, hundreds of thousands of dollars in Africa and Middle East, Asia, Latin America, even right here in the Silicon Valley. We weren't immune. East San Jose, we had a robust feeding program through a couple organizations that we support of our partners who were doing feeding programs just to be able to put food on people's tables who didn't have jobs, didn't have the opportunity to go back to work or had lost a family member because of COVID. What I believe is this, and you'll see it today, you'll see it next week, you saw it last week, Missions isn't about what just happens over there. We always think missions is, is there, across the world, across the oceans. But also missions happens right here. It happens within our midst. It happens in the Silicon Valley. We are a both and church. We believe in, in both the work globally matters and also the work locally matters just as much, that God wants to rescue those who are hurting in the barrier, those who are suffering. We may not always feel it, but there are the job losses, the pain, the suffering, the sadness right here in our Silicon Valley. And we have many partners, 12 local partners that we work with, uh, missionaries, and as well as many more partners beyond that as well that were able to do some incredible work. We were able to do food locally, medical care for low-income families, supporting young moms and families, honoring life from birth through death, sharing God's love in public schools right here in our county. We got a chance to do that on different high schools and junior highs. We visited prisons. We have a prison ministry that we work with. We encouraged so many teachers and so many students in public schools through outreaches that we were able to do, thousands and thousands of both students and teachers. We also were able to stabilize so many refugee families that came here, helping them get jobs and food, medical care, driver's licenses and cars to get around, so many things that you guys did. And I want to share a little bit more about some of you. I could, there's dozens of you, even that I'm looking at right now, that I know are doing really amazing things in our community, so I can only highlight a few, or else we'd be here to like, past the Super Bowl, and I know some of you guys want to watch that even though the Niners aren't in it. It's okay. We've, uh, we've, we've gone over that now. The heartbreak is over. But I want to share the stories of just a few of our members uh, who are doing some pretty cool things that are encouraging to me and I hope encouraging to you as well. I'm going to start with Ram and Oren. I get a call from Ram a few years ago. Ram's actually here. He's serving up there. I saw Oren here earlier as well. Members of our church. And they called me a few years ago and said, Kayvon, we want to go to Mexico. And I'm like, tell me, why do you want to go to Mexico? They're like, we, I'm thinking they're going to go on vacation. They're like, no, 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 we want to go serve with our missionaries. Can you help us? And I said, tell me more. They said, a few, last year when you had the compassion immersion, you asked us to go meet with missionaries in the lobby, and we did. And we found out that one of the missionaries uh, has a robust ministry to kids of, uh, with disabilities. And they work with uh, speech impediments, and they have kids who have autism. And that's our specialty. My wife and I are speech pathologists right here in Silicon Valley, both of us. I'm like, no way. How cool is that? He's like, yes. Can we go and help them get better at what they do and be able to share what we know? 
And I said, absolutely. They're like, but Kayvon, we're kind of scared. We've never been to Mexico. <laughs> we don't know where to go. Can you help us to get there, right? They literally were like, how, how do we get there? Like, we want to go. We really want to go, but how do we get there? And I said, I can take care of those details for you. Don't worry. And this is in the middle of COVID, mind you, right? When mission trips are shut down, the borders are funky, you never know how to get through and what's going to happen. And they did. They and their families, two kids at that point, uh, young kids, got a chance to uh, get in their cars and go two years ago and serve with our missionaries at Rancho Santa Marta. And what they did was so beautiful. With their kids, they got a chance to work with them. And I got a call from our missionaries saying, Kayvon, they were a breath of fresh air for us. What they taught us, what they did for us, helped accelerate our work. That was two years ago. This past Thanksgiving, they called me again. Kayvon, we're going again. Can we go? And I said, yes, as long as you take supplies. And said, we'll support you for anything you want to take. And they bought a bunch of supplies and then went back to Mexico a second time. Mind you, again, we have not had go trips. Our go trips were shut down, and this family went twice to Mexico on their own. I love that. I love people who have a passion, and they don't have to wait for their church to say what to do. They just, they have a call, and they go do it. And many of you guys are like that. You guys don't wait for others to lead you. You say, God, what do you want? I'm going to go do that thing. And guess what, church? They're going again this Thanksgiving. And if you want to go and serve alongside of Ramanoran, they're not going to go alone this year. We're going to send a big team to go serve at Rancho Santa Marta, which we're so excited about opening trips up again. I see that Ram and Oren use their talents and their skills abroad to plant good seeds in the lives, especially in the needs of children. They're seed planters. They saw their gifts and talents and said, we could do something about this. We know what to do. This is our specialty here in America. Why don't we? Mark and Wendy Smith. This is another couple I want to share about. Mark is the, was an adjunct professor over at uh, Gavilan College, not too far south of here. Uh, over 40 years, he's worked in laboratories, building incredible labs for universities and, and, and colleges. That's his passion. He knows what to do. He knows how to build labs. And when we started going to trips to Haiti, uh, we had built a university starting in 2012. He said, I want to go and I want to see what I can do to help this university. Because this university has five majors. They, have, they raise up pastors, they raise up farmers, teachers, nurses, and full doctors. They have a medical degree at this university that you guys helped start in 2012, 12 years ago. Mark Wendy went the first time, and he was so blown away, he comes back and says, Kayvon, I want to do more. On his own, he's gone over eight times, nine times, I think, now. Coolest thing is, right now, as we speak, right now, he's on a plane to Haiti. He's not here with us because he's actually traveling by himself to Haiti to go serve our missionaries there. He was with me last week at South Hills when I got a chance to share his story. I said, please come. I want you to see what I'm talking about you guys. These are just some of the images of the things that they've been able to do in Haiti, the people that they're able to serve. He uses his gifts. Mark and Wendy started a nonprofit. Now, in his retirement, most people say, okay, when I get to retirement, you know, I'm going to go sip pina coladas in Pensacola, Florida, and, you know, live out my life in the sun. And that's some people. And it's okay to vacation when you're retired. Heck, you guys have worked hard. Go for it. Have fun. But what if you use your gifts and your talents to serve God in your retirement years also? You don't have to worry about your mortgage anymore. Your house is paid off. Yay! <laughs> you have health insurance. Your kids are growing up. They're supporting you now. Go have fun. But go serve God. Find the places where your gifts and your talents might be able to be used in your retirement years. How cool that he's been serving now for 10 years. He hasn't stopped. We had a school locally that gave us uh, everything in their school. They said, anything in the school is yours. We're going we're gonna to buy brand new stuff and we're moving campuses. A, a big high school here. And Mark and Wendy and, and another two dozen of you helped us to empty this school out. We sent, you know those shipping containers, those 40-foot shipping containers? They're huge. 
We packed three of them full of stuff to go to Haiti. Mark was there hundreds of hours helping us in his retirement years, packing those trailers, making sure they got there. We also had two buses. Guess what? He's also a bus driver. This man does everything. He, we had a low boy. We had to get this bus, and, they, and the, legally they can't drive the bus onto the trailer to take it to Florida to take over to Haiti. And he goes, oh, I was a bus driver before I was a teacher. I'm like, okay, get on the bus. And so he did. He drove the bus on the low boy. We sent two buses from that same school. How cool is that? Gifts and talents being used everywhere, right? Whether you're a bus driver, a professor, it doesn't matter. Whatever God gives you, you can use in whatever time of life you're at. But it's so cool. Right now, he's on a flight. How cool is that, timing-wise? He's like, I, I, I'm not waiting, Kayvon. I got to go. He just wants to go, and the doors have opened. Haiti's not the safest place, but he wants to go. He knows how to get there. He knows what to do when he's there to support those students as well. Mark and Wendy use their expertise and their connections to plant seeds to educate the next generation of doctors and nurses. The next is a dear friend of ours who passed away in 2020. His name is Ray Brown. And you guys know Ray. He used to be a faithful uh, volunteer with Westgate Water. This brother in his 80s was driving uh, dozens and dozens of bags of recycling to the recyclers during the middle of the week when we needed people to come. Once we organized them and packed them, we needed somebody to drive them. And so he and a team of guys uh, and gals were doing that for us for, you know, up until a few weeks before his passing in 2020. Well, one day I get a call from Ray. Ray calls me and goes, Kayvon. I'm like, what? He's like, hey, I have to tell you something. I met this really cool guy at Home Depot. I'm like, congratulations, you know, <laughs> that's great. He goes, no, 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 you have to meet this guy. He's really cool. I'm like, okay, tell me more about him. He's like, well, you know, I was looking for stuff and I was confused where the stuff was and I asked this really tall gentleman and, and he said uh, uh, where it was and I, I still didn't know, so he walked me over there and we got this stuff and he had an accent. So I slowed down and I said, where are you from? He says, I'm from Sudan. He goes, tell me more about your story. And he does. He says, and he explains that he's one of the lost boys of Sudan. I encourage you guys to look it up on Wikipedia. Tens of thousands of boys who marched between 200 and 1,000 miles for safety from South Sudan into neighboring countries. These boys had to leave their families because if they didn't, they would be kidnapped and taken into the war. And so they risked their lives, he and his brother, holding hands as uh, young teenagers, walked, he says, over 500 miles with his group to get to a safe country. 500 miles, no food, no water. They just have just their clothes, that's it. They have to find things and, and scavenge on the way there. He shares a story. So I, uh, you know, he follows up with me, Kayvon, did you meet with him? I said, I have a meeting with him, we're gonna meet. Gabriel and I, this is about eight years ago, became fast friends when I heard his story. Great guy, tall guy. He's like six foot four, six foot five. He's like, I'm the smallest in my family. I'm like, you're kidding. He's like, I have ants who are taller than me. And I'm like, what? He's like, have you ever heard of the Dinka tribe? I'm like, yeah, that's like where Manu Bull came from. He's like, he's from my tribe, you know? <laughs> he, he showed me a picture. He was literally the smallest guy in his family, and it was the craziest picture. Anyway, he begins to share a story, and we began to pray, and we began to talk about ways that he could support. He says, I was a refugee. I went to Uganda. I had to learn a new language. I had to learn how to live. I had to learn how to survive, get an education. He's like, God opened up some incredible doors for me to come as a refugee to America, and I came here, and he was studying at San Jose State. He says, I'm getting my bachelor's. He eventually finished his master's. And now, eight years later, we've supported him on uh, several trips he's gone back, buying clothes and resources and things. He goes, Kayvon, God's telling me to go back to my country. God's telling me to go back and start an orphanage in South Sudan, not in Uganda. God's telling me to start a, an amazing school with the education that I have here as a master's degree. He could get any job he wanted here in, in uh, many places. His English is beautiful. He goes, I'm going to go back and help my South Sudanese brothers and sisters who are suffering. They're still suffering years later. And so we did. You see a picture of him and I at the airport and his family this September. 
I drove them there, got a chance to have dinner with them before, the night before, got a chance to bless them, pray with them. He has like five little kids going back to a country. These kids don't even know the language. Now they have to learn a whole new language because they were raised here. How awesome that God called them back to his nation. How awesome that he's able to give back to his own people. I love this. This relationship didn't happen by accident. It happened because of Ray. Because of Ray, he slowed down. He opened his eyes. And he began a simple conversation that planted seeds that now are flourishing back in South Sudan. You guys have been supporting South Sudan. You guys are supporting the school and orphanage right now. Gabriel will be with us here next week. So if you're here, you'll get a chance to see him. He's flying back. This is the first trip back since he left in September. I hope you come next week and give him a hug and say hi. And say, Kayvon spoke about you last week. We also don't forget about what's happening right here. Afghan refugees in large numbers came. And like many of you guys, my heart was broken when I saw the devastation. I come from Iran, a neighboring country. We speak a similar language. Dari and Farsi are very similar. I understand them fully. They understand me fully. Thankfully, my parents made me speak it in the home reluctantly when I was a kid, and I'm so glad now because I'm still fluent in speaking that language. Before they came here, I prayed with my wife, and I saw the devastation about, uh, in, in Afghanistan when they were trying to leave at the airport. You saw the people hanging on the planes, hanging on the tires, uh, giving their babies over the wall to the soldiers. It, it was pretty sad. We were crying a lot during that season, too uh, August ago. Mind you, I have not had a conversation with more than four Afghans in 40 years of living here in the U.S. Afghans have not been in my circle. Persians and Iranians, yes. Armenians and Assyrians, yes. Afghans, no. I didn't really have any interaction with them in 40 years of living in the U.S. But I knew something. I myself was I'm a war immigrant. I came here because of the Iran-Iraq war. God opened up the doors for me to come and thrive and grow and get edu beautiful education and go to Davis and get multiple degrees and get my master's and do things that others may not have had the chance to do who didn't leave the country. I knew how to help them. So when they came here through some miraculous means it would take too long to explain in a really incredible way, I found out where a group of Afghans were. And that group led to another group. And that group led to another group. And guess what? Soon I was working with 500 Afghans a week. And I was so overwhelmed, just myself, I grabbed a bunch of you guys and I said, help. I, have, I don't have enough hands. I don't have enough resources. Help. Some of you guys gave your funds. Some of you guys gave your hands. Some of you guys are still coming with me. Every week we go feed them with Afghan bread. We give them Afghan bread. We help them with driver's licenses. It's pretty scary when they've never driven to teach them how to drive. Um, I must admit I pray a lot more when I'm with them and I have to teach them how to drive 85 and 280 and 17. But if we don't teach them how to drive, who will? You know, these are things that others don't do. These are things that others don't have the time or the resources for. So you guys have been helping me. Some of you guys I call, hey, can you take them to the DMV? Hey, can you? Gary, who's outside of our missionaries, he's one of my go-to guys. And I say, Gary, I need some help. I can't do this meeting tomorrow. Take them to the DMV appointments. Some of you guys help me with resumes. You're like, we can't do much. I say, do you know how to write resumes? They're like, oh, we're perfect at resumes. We, we hire people all the time. We know what good resumes look like. And guess what? You guys are helping me write resumes with Afghans. We're able to change the direction and the trajectory of these guys' lives and gals' lives. So many families, they've come out to me and said, Kayvon, more so than the sending organizations, more so than the U.S. government, it's you and your friends who've shown us the greatest love in the U.S. Thank you for not giving up on us. And these are Muslims. These aren't, these aren't Christians. Not a single Afghan I've worked with has been a Christian. Some are very devout Muslims. But God says what? Love all people regardless of their background. Let's show them a different way that Christians can love them too. I love that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in that way. I want you to do something with me. I want you to put your hands out right here, right in front of you. 
I want you guys to look at your right hand and say, what do I have? And look at your left hand and say, what do you want me to do? Okay, that was really bad. Let's try it again. I'm speaking English, right? I'm not speaking Farsi. Let's, let's try again. Look at your right hand and say, what do I have? That's a little better. Look at your left hand and say, what do you want me to do? That's a dangerous prayer. It's a simple prayer, right? I mean, you can't get any simpler than that. That's the prayer I prayed two Augusts ago. And let me tell you, it messed my life up in a good way. I've been able to love Afghans in a way that I've never loved before. It's just something that God gave me. I have a passion for refugees. I have a passion for the Middle East. And guess what? I didn't have to learn a new language. God had already given me that language through my parents. It was something that was already there. It was already there. Just like Mark, the science was already there. Just like Ray, he was already just bold with his faith. And he was willing to give his time. He didn't just want to rush to Home Depot and leave. He gave his time. What do I have? What do you want me to do? What can you do kind of moving forward to be able to live missional lives? A couple things I want to encourage you guys to. First, use this calendar as a prayer guide. We have a 12-month calendar that we've done this year. Last year, we had a really robust book. But also, I want you guys to be, see that there's a QR code. We can only highlight one missionary in each of these. But there's another five or six missionaries under that QR code. Pray with your families. Pray for the areas that we're going into. Each month will be a different region. I encourage you guys to go through and pray through the calendar as a way of supporting our missionaries, which they love. They love and appreciate your prayers. Second, take 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes after the service to go talk to our missionaries. How much has Ram and Oren's life been changed because they listened to me a couple years ago and actually did it? They didn't know what they were doing. They'd never been to Mexico to serve. But here, their whole family trajectory has changed to serve these missionaries because they have an area that they can use their expertise on in their speech pathology. How cool is that? Take some time and engage with them. You never know what might happen as a result of that. Third, boat trips are back. Yay. Yeah, so cool to be able to travel again. Uh, I'll be going to the Middle East this uh, spring, hopefully, and hopefully again to South America in fall. Our missionaries are dying to meet you guys. They are so excited. They say, Kayvon, why can't you guys come now? You know, I said, we're coming. We can only go so many places each year, but we have five trips happening. Uh, We have the opportunity to go to Bolivia and Cuba, a Dominican Republic to dig a water well that uh, David Kim was trying to recruit you for. Uh, We have two trips to Mexico, Rancho. How great that we're able to go back and serve our missionaries in that way. And lastly, pray and seek God right where you are. As I shared about just a few stories, and I could highlight many more of you that I know very personally do some great work outside of our church, both locally and globally. But Rob and Oren, Mark and Wendy, Ray and I have done and others, it's not that remarkable. It really isn't that remarkable. We're just using the gifts that God already gave us. The gifts and the talents God already gave us, all we had to do was ask that, that really simple question, God, what do I have? What do you want me to do? And ask God, what is that something that you can do? What is that thing that he's already given to you guys? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just a few of the amazing people in our church doing incredible things. God, we pray for Mark as he's on a flight right now to Haiti. 
God, we're so thankful for Ray. Though he left this earth a couple years ago, he helped connect Gabriel to me. We become fast friends, to be able to support his work, come alongside him, encourage him, teach him, and learn from him. He suffered a lot, but now he's back in his nation, giving back. Thankful that you can use us in whatever time of our lives that we are, whether we're students, in schools, in our first jobs, nearing retirement or at retirement. God, you can use the gifts and the talents for your kingdom's glory to bless our world. Thank you, God, for these examples. Thank you for the incredible partners and missionaries that you allow us to stand with to help Westgate be a more beautiful and whole church. They help complete us. To be your hands and feet in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.